Hey everyone, great show today. We talked about what everyone's opinion is on what's going on in the NFT market. Are we really early and this is just a bottom or do we already see the top and we are going into a bear market? We also had Amy from FTX and she discussed their investment in Yuga Labs and Board Ape Yacht Club as well as her outlook on the gaming side of the NFT space. We also gave away a The Littles NFT to one of the audience members and we're going to be giving away two more, a Creature World and a Capsule House in the next two weeks on behalf of FTX. As usual, this show is obviously sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or on your mobile phone with the code thenifty. Hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's hump day. This is the NFT morning show. I'm P.O. I'm here with my co-host Signal, Nifty Nick. Uh, our other co-host, Captain Kicks, is in the crowd with Elon Musk as his avatar. He's trying to play a big joke on everybody. But we are so happy to be here this morning. Uh, very interesting morning in the NFT space with Elon Musk changing his profile picture uh, to a collage of bored apes that he does not own. Um, a lot to talk about today for sure. We also have a giveaway that we're doing with our valued sponsor, the sponsor of all of our content, FT. And we'll actually be having Amy Wu from FTX. Uh, she comes from the Ventures Gaming and MA group of FTX. And we are going to talk about what they have cooking later in the show, as well as give away uh, the Littles NFT. This is one of three NFTs that I've curated that we are going to give away on behalf of FTX. The other two are Creature World and Capsule House. Uh, so stick around retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top. I have Nick's tweet up there at the top. If you retweet that and you hang out for the show, then you have a chance to win the NFT that we're giving away today. Uh, Nick, what's going on this morning? I was muted there. I couldn't uh, get the mute button because I was responding to another tweet uh, about this FTX giveaway. Anyways, uh, man, I'm doing all right. It's uh, we, we sort of missed out on the dance song component. Instead, I'm now here on having an edge, a hard edge uh, to my attitude this morning uh, as I've been walking the streets um, listening to Gangsta's Paradise. And so that's been um, kind of the vibe that I'm feeling at the moment. That said, uh, if you're really baller, you could have made a uh, ballsy board ape trade yesterday. Uh, and that would have panned out this morning. Uh, would I have done that? Uh, hell no. So <laughs> it, it worked. It would have worked out for board apes, but not necessarily mutants, right? That is correct. And I don't know that it would have worked out for other side lands either, because uh, Elon did not use codas in his <laughs> uh, photo, which is unsurprising. Here's the thing: uh, Elon was supposedly hanging with Guy Osiri last night at the. Uh, at the Dave Chappelle event where all this drama unfolded. And so him updating his profile picture may have had something to do with that uh, and some conversation that uh, he was having with Guy. Um, but here we are, and uh, it's not clear that he actually owns any board apes and was, is making one giant joke. Uh, but we did see a temporary run-up in the price of uh, ApeCoin and we have seen uh, the board apes bounce off uh, the the low of around 105 ETH. 
Yeah, and, and that uh, it's funny you bring up that event. So Dave Chappelle, the stand-up comedian, was tackled by someone at uh, the Hollywood Bowl, it seems, and made funny jokes immediately afterwards. Well, the, um, and, the, and the guy who tackled him was, like, uh, really uh, beat up. Right. He got like, yeah, beat up. Well, that's yeah, that's kind of messed up. Uh, but at the same time, don't tackle a stand up ke- uh, comedian on stage. I wish that I was in New York now so I could get tickets for the comedy seller tonight because I'm sure there's going to be some hilarious jokes about that. Um, but hey, look, we actually have Elon Musk himself on stage right now. So that's a pretty big deal. Elon, what's up with changing your profile picture to a collage of bored apes? Oh, after uh, acquiring Twitter, I feel like now's the time that we fully embrace NFTs, fungies, whatever you want to call them. So I called up my buddy, Guy Oseri. He got me a good deal on 100 apes. I own all of these, you idiots. Um, I'm worth hundreds of billions of dollars. And you think that I, I flipped a penny pretty much worth of my money to get all of these. Um, and I will be sending them to the Dogecoin burn address later today. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I guess what what suddenly inspired you, though, because, you know, your uh, ex-lover, I don't know what the, the mechanics of the relationship are formally, uh, Grimes had done an NFT drop that generated millions about 14, 15 months ago. So what suddenly made you, you know, ape into Bored Apes with just one penny of your net worth? Well, I didn't buy any of Grimes because the art was ugly. I think we all can see that now. That's part of the reason why we <laughs> broke up. I told that right to her face. Um, but yeah, uh, just like the apes, it fits into my thesis of uh, just max trollage. Um, and yeah, that's about all I can say about it right now. Uh, other than SpaceX and Tesla will be updating their profile picks to one of my apes pretty soon. And we're looking at Tesla uh, acquiring ApeCoin and putting it on our balance sheet. And you will be able to buy Teslas in ApeCoin starting next month. I mean, that's some pretty exciting stuff. Um, you know, while we have Elon here, I do have to throw to Captain Kicks for the weather report. Captain Kicks, how you doing? Hey, it's a wild day out here <laughs> uh, in uh, NFT land. Our, uh, our uh, weather measurement instruments are just all over the place here. Um, we did not expect to see, uh, you know, Elon Musk come in and just shake everything up. But let's just dive right in um, to the weather report. So um, yesterday we had a another day of uh, pullbacks from a massive high due to the uh, other side. Um, we did uh, $476 million on the 1st of May, 2nd of May down to $300 million, um, and then the 3rd of May down to uh, $163 million. So we pretty much um, fully retraced down to the normal daily volume levels that we've been looking at. Although according to the nifty.com, we're seeing some good volume today that may be due to the Elon Musk meme and people uh, FOMO buying a bunch of apes, but we'll have to look into that. I think that number may be um, a little high. Um, but as we know, the ape collections went on a... Uh, a we don't big... have bugs. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry about that. I should never even assume that. Um, the ape collections went on a little bit of a run this morning after the Elon Musk news. 
ApeCoin actually went on, uh, had a huge spike up and then uh, retraced. Uh, we're expecting those collections probably to, to settle back out. Um, Azuki's Doodles and Moonbirds had some slight pullbacks overnight, but holding near their highs. Moonbirds has really been consolidating around that 30 ETH range for a while, but Doodles went on a nice run um, as well as Azuki this week. Um, as everybody pretty much already knows, uh, Elon Musk's uh, latest tweet set off a, a cascade of ape and mutant buys. Um, mutants went up to 26 apes to 120. Looks like they're cooling off a little bit right here. Highest 24-hour volume is still the other deeds. Um, so since Saturday, the collection has generated over $700 million in sales volume. Yes, that is $700 million. Yes, that is 300 away from a billion. Yuga Labs now owns four out of the top 10 highest sales volume collections of all time. Sounds like a blue chip to me. Murakami flower seeds revealed, however, the Murakami team has been sniping their own rares before the traits populated. Gotta love that inside baseball. Floor at 7.6 ETH. Cool cats, <laughs> cool cats continue to suffer from their latest blow after their CEO stepped down. Strong sales continue. Floor at 4.4 ETH. That's a big oof out there. Um, hopefully they can bring in just a nice silverback, gray-haired CEO that knows nothing about NFTs, but we'll just look at that P&L balance sheet and just crunch that thing out for all it's worth. <laughs> in the coin department, we have uh, crypto ranging. ApeCoin was at 15, went up to 17, down just south of 16. Crypto, all eyes are on today's FOMSC meeting. I don't know exactly what though that acronym stands for but what it means is the fed printers in the united states are going to let everyone know how much they're going to keep raising interest rates so the entire world markets including crypto um, is waiting for that news but we are seeing a little bit of a bounce leading up into that um and just to uh sum everything up uh most of the recent volume this past week was definitely driven by um, the other deed uh, collection in sales volume, which uh, has a floor price sitting at 3.4. We've seen a lot of action this week, but we've also seen lots of retracements on that action this week. Perfect example being something token pumping from nothing to something back down to nothing. We'll see if they end up being something in the future. Over to you in the studio. Awesome weather report, as usual, Kicks. That was hilarious. I did not know about the story of the Murakami team sniping their own rares before metadata revealed. I'm very surprised to hear that. We have Taylor WTF on stage. I don't know if he accidentally requested to speak. That's typically how it goes when he comes on stage. But, I mean, he's here nonetheless, and I see a verified Murakami NFT as your PFP. What do you make of this, man? Oh, man. Well, first of all, yes, I definitely accidentally requested to come on stage today. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's really disappointing news to wake up to with my Murakami Flower Laser Eye uh, verified PFP. What the F? Um, why are you sniping your own rares off of the secondary Murakami? I think this drop has been pretty disappointing 
and I don't like to to fud uh, uh, artists or or jobs like this, but um, it seems like every step of the way they've had uh, uh, difficulties, and I think. Uh, our friend Markami needs to get some better people around him because the the team that he he's got there just seems to be fumbling every every single thing every step of the way. Well, the like- real winner was the 15 year old that uh, created like 50,000 email accounts for the whitelist and made 10 million dollars. Um, the funniest thing about that story is that the 15 year old said that he changed VPNs after every a thousand emails. So if they had just done a basic IP filter, they may have noticed something going wrong there, but Hey, I'm not here to uh, hurt the Murakami bags. Taylor, it's still sitting on a floor 7.6. Sounds like you got a rare one. So are you along for the ride long-term? Uh, yeah, I also sniped one off of this, or I thought I was sniping one off the secondary for 28 ETH last night. That was rare, but uh, apparently it wasn't purchased by Murakami before I got it. So it must not be rare. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I'm in this until I can flip that. Uh, I don't like to lose money on NFT, so I'll be in here for a while, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe the floor is so high. At the end of the day, people really anticipated it. I don't know if that many people anticipated it to be pixel art, uh, but we will see what happens. It's hard to tell. I mean, look, he's the biggest... Uh, name from the traditional art world to come into the space basically since Damien Hurst, I think, when you kind of think about it. So you have to think that something will happen. But regardless, that floor uh, is way up. So um, we'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Nick, go ahead. This uh, this kid that um, made the millions of dollars, if you didn't know, he posted a whole tweet thread about how he did it. And it, his attitude uh, with these messages we're really rep- reminiscent of those balloons on Solana back in the day uh, when that team. Uh, it's what not a good time. It's also not high same, school. It's also high school age. It's not, oh, they were high school as well. Yeah, yeah. they made a project and then tr- straight up rugged the entire thing and then insulted everybody on Twitter, essentially calling everybody idiots after they had sold them the NFT project. So, uh, Watch out. These high school kids are taking all of your money. Yeah, and they have a bad attitude while they do it. You know, yeah, Vicky- he, was, uh, he was actually in one of my alpha groups, and uh, everyone congratulated him, and he said nothing and then just deleted his Discord account. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. Wow, that's pretty gnarly. I didn't know that. That's pretty crazy. Um, Vicky's on stage, an OG board Ape Yacht Club owner. Vicky, what do you make of what Elon Musk did uh, with his Twitter profile this morning? Well, obviously, you, when you start to have your conspiracy theories, GM everybody, may the fourth be with you. Obviously, Elon has secretively bought apes, um, and he's going to put them on his rockets to answer the question that we've all been asking for months, which is when moon so it all kind of adds up to obviously the apes are actually going to the moon and daddy elon's taking us so it's very exciting and obviously uh, i'm looking forward to jumping on my rocket yeah we're not at the moon yet you know we're just at a, a lowly uh, 128th floor it's really it's really difficult struggling <laughs> um speaking of really struggling floors look we have arena on stage arena's a long-term <laughs> a long time cool cats older i woke up today and my first thought i'm like i hate when this happens normally when this happens i sell but at this point it's just might as well sink all together um 
I was like, oh, where is Cool Cat Floor? That was my first thought. And I checked it and I was like, oh, no. But to be honest, I'm like, maybe because I'm been holding it for almost a year. First of all, I was holding it for almost a year because I thought, oh, I'm going to like save on taxes. <laughs> Jokes on me. Um, but I, if I right now had more ETH, I probably would have bought at this point right now again. But I do not have any ETH because I had extremely bad luck this month with investing at the wrong time and buying a top. The only thing I invested in right time was A, but it was super easy at like 10 and then sell at whatever it was, like 26, 25. But this was like, this is it. Oh, one good thing, smalls. Pio, I sent you a small. Did you get a small? I did not, but I know that they were doing well. Thank you for sending it to me, but no, I didn't take action on it. Everyone needs a small, okay? The community is good. They're so good. Okay, this is this is my thesis. I'm done with this. Okay. <laughs> is there an example? You brought up Cool Cats, and uh, it's well known that they're looking for a CEO. Um, but like, is there an example of any project that has successfully like transitioned? Like, where is? Uh, where are the pudgy penguins at right now, for example? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been like keeping an eye on pudgies, but I kind of hope that Side Duck, that they actually, I don't know. Did you see the, his tweet? He wanted to uh, take over at CEO. I don't know if um I don't know if Pudgy Penguins is the best comparison because that was a cool Ethereum project. So, you know, it was almost like a, a straight up rug, whereas Cool Cats is an actual like quality project that's having a bumpy, you know, a little bit of a bumpy time right now. Um I think the you know, we've talked about this before, the but the big thing is like going in the gaming direction for them rather than like really heavily leaning into the IP direction. Um, I think that was kind of like what's created what's going on now. Um, I hope that they are able to find a new CEO. I mean, it's definitely not over. Um, I don't know if I would personally buy the dip here because I think until they have a new CEO and that CEO has to be qualified, they have to have you know some sort of like Web3 inclinations. Like I, I don't know about Web3 native. That's going to be kind of hard to find. Um, but they have to demonstrate that they understand Web3 at least to some capacity. And then maybe you know, once that person's in there and once they start like, you know, throwing their weight around a little bit at that point, you might see it climb up. But I mean, the whole yeah. market, yeah, minus the best stuff is kind of bumpy right now. Kicks, what were you going to say? I just feel like, you know, then I'll kick it over to Spencer, who's rocking a cool cat. Um, I, I, just, I just think that we should probably have like a little bit of empathy for the team because you, you have to like realize that like when cool cat started, they just wanted to be a, uh, they just wanted to make a profile pic project, right? With like fun art and they didn't even sell out right away and they cut their price in half to sell out. And then they got caught up in like a pretty big, you know, a mixture between people that really liked the project, but also like an influencer pump. And I think that like the expectations on the team just got so high um, that I, I think you just have to give them a little bit of empathy and grace. It's It's not easy to like, go from uh, there's a lot of projects that go from just like hey we wanted to do something fun to like oh no there's like super real you know expectations and there's you know this is this is like big time um and yeah i think that you know if they if they keep working hard maybe they'll turn it around but i you know i don't think that cool cats did anything wrong i think they tried to they they took a big gamble trying to do the whole you know cool pets 
like marketplace ecosystem. Um, if anything that they've showed is that, you know, uh, the, the best thing to do with an NFT profile pick project is, is less, not more, but they try to do more of you, Spencer. Cooltopia is actually a lot of fun. I, I played and I still play sometimes every other day. And it's, it's been very addictive at first. I thought, Oh, it's very, very silly, but then more like I gave it a chance. And when they did a little bit of changing, and in the system, it was so addictive. And now they're also getting like letting you build the houses and stuff. So growing the pets. <laughs> well, Spencer, what are your thoughts on, on cool pets or were you thinking about yeah, something else? So, no, I, I wanted to chime in here because I think a really important statistic. You guys can hear me, yeah? Yep. Uh, cool. A really important statistic that has always blown my mind is that in, in traditional venture capital world, the number one correlated statistic about success from Series A investment to exit is if you change the CEO at some point, you get like a 50% bump in probability that you reach like a that you become a public company or that you get acquired and have a favorable return for your investors. I think at the end of the day, if Chris Hassett wasn't kicking it as CEO of Coolcast, and we saw the ramifications of that, we saw him once in Twitter spaces, we didn't hear from him again, they launched the game, it didn't work. There was clearly an executive leadership problem at Coolcats, and you know, if they came out and they announced that transition, things must have been rocky for a while. So I really feel for their team because it sucks when you have the wrong leadership in play. And I think they made a really smart move looking for a CEO in the first place rather than sticking with the original founders. Because as these NFT companies grow, running a multi-million-dollar, hundred-million-dollar organization is not easy. So I'm really excited because I think it actually tees them up to get a level of talent and professionalism from a new CEO that maybe has some more experience um, that we haven't seen as much in the NFT space. I also have seen the team that they have hired. And, and if you look, what happened was the game that they released was built by the original development team. It wasn't about till two months ago, they hired the actual development for the f- team for the full game. And it's absolutely stacked. Basically the entire team comes from really good Unity development shops. I, I'm, I'm very bullish long run, but it's it's a it's a pretty rough time right now to be looking at any project. And I think if you have liquid ETH, like I'm looking at a bunch of buying opportunities this morning ahead of the Fed meeting. I've noticed this every time there's a Fed uh, a Fed meeting. Not only does the stock sell stock market sell off, but there's a lot of trepidation in the NFT market, and there's basically no one buying NFTs morning of. And so the as always, like you want to be counter cyclical in when you're buying versus when you're selling. Buy low, sell high. The market is very low this morning. Although if interest rates rise above what's expected, could be pretty bloody. However, I think what we've seen historic, like for the past eight or so Fed meetings, has been that the um, the market has overcompensated before the meeting, and the rate hike that they ultimately go with is already priced into the market. And as, as soon as people see it's not worse than they expected. The market rebounds pretty well right after Fed meetings, so I'm looking for that bounce again. But if, if you ask me anything, there's a lot of fear in the markets these days, a lot of fear in the streets. Yeah, I mean, great analysis, Spencer. Nick, do you have any thoughts on the Fed meeting? I'd be curious. Uh, you know, we always like to provide a Federal Reserve analysis on this show for the regular <laughs> listeners. Uh, we always look at the macro and micro environment. Uh, you know, I, I have to agree here. Um, th- this was uh, well thought out analysis. You know, I don't have much else to add. I will say, though, in all honesty, we do see 
uh, the general sense, the energy we get is definitely one of fear. It's difficult when you look at um, some of the high prices on some of these NFT projects, although they've come back. A lot of people have to wonder when you're up 10x or more, uh, am I being idiot and an idiot for holding on to this stuff? And that's a rational thought. To, uh, sorry, I just almost dropped my phone. Uh, rational thought to be having. And uh, that's the sense that I, I've definitely had. Um, and I get the sense that other people are. That said, we're still seeing on, on the uh, global view of the NFT market, uh, th the market has not completely imploded, unlike what uh, this Wall Street Journal uh, writer published in the, uh, in, in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. Um, the, sorry, the writer uh, wrote. And um, he, he wrote that it's been a 95% pullback since September which is just wrong. And apparently the Wall Street Journal is cool with publishing that uh, because I guess it fits some narrative. Um, but ultimately, regardless of uh, interest rates and all this other stuff, um, it definitely has a day-to-day -day impact on the price action. But over the long haul, we're still early in this process. And generally, we're in uh, when you have a lot of money pouring into this ecosystem, um, it, it, you're, you're partially protected. That said, these are illiquid assets, so they are subject to wild price swings and uh, major opportunities to uh, turn off, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, 300, 400 uh, percent gains. And that's something that, uh, you know, trading the uh, Federal Reserve announcements is never a bad thing. It's harder to do that with NFTs than it is with tokens, but uh, it still is relevant nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I don't, and I don't think many people are trading NFTs uh, around, you know, the interest rates. I think people are more so trading NFTs around just overall how they feel about the markets and lots of other things. We actually had our uh, big boy uh, Gary V was just on CNBC to talk about the Elon Musk news, um, but he 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 said he said something on there where he he basically equated. Uh, the current state of NFTs to, you know, the dot-com bubble in 2000, meaning that um, it, his point was, is that this technology is profound and uh, everybody will be in NFTs in five to 10 years from now. But in our current state, you know, 97% of these projects are probably overvalued because they're not going to be able to keep up with the supply and demand curve. Um uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I also think that the, the thing for me that I'm looking at the markets is, um, the, the fact that it seems like less money that is being, uh, generated as profit is being recycled back into the ecosystem. Um, whereas previously in a lot of our successful bull runs, you would see people make money and they would, they would pretty much put a, the vast majority of their profits back into the ecosystem. I'm, I'm starting to see it seems like more people are, are, are taking profits and sitting on the sidelines, which isn't too um, surprising with like the, the macro events that we see. I'm also slightly concerned about the amount of traps liquidity um, in the other side project. Um, and this isn't just people that, you know, bought one of them. I, I also know um, plenty of people that bought lots of um, the, uh, uh other deeds and you know they're holding but these are people that generally are buying a lot of nfts and they're 
they have a significant amount of trapped liquidity and other deeds because they're pretty much sitting at break even. So they don't want to sell here and they're bullish on other deeds, but they're not able to divest. You know, if they have 20 of these, they don't really want to sell 10 right now at a break even or a loss. Um, and so there's some trap liquidity there. Whereas, you know, once again, it would be hard to do, have this sustain with a hundred thousand collection. But if these things were at a seven or an 80 floor, you would be able to see a lot more of these speculators not trimming all of their bag, but but trimming a percentage of their bag, generating some liquidity that then could potentially flow through the market. Here, here's one problem with that as well, which is essentially what we just saw was a bunch of people who got to mint and got to afford or were able to afford the gas price buy in at the lowest price and then dump on everybody else at the highest price. Uh, and so if you were running into this uh, and you're new in the space and you decided to pick some up uh, because you're bullish on Board Ape Yacht Club but have not been able to afford getting in uh, under any other project at any price, suddenly you're throwing $15,000 on a cheap plot of land, quote unquote, and the price drops out from under you. So that's going to be a negative experience. I think uh, you know that's one uh, bad thing, which is harmful, is that uh, for many people who are seeing the wild speculation and a lot of the money being uh, generated by board ape holders and other people in the ecosystem, if this was an opportunity for them to get in, and there's a good chance that it was, uh, Pio's mentioned uh, multiple people who he knows that uh, normally are not in the ecosystem, and we're looking at insane volume on this project not just because of the quantity of the collection, but just because the overall demand to be able to get into this ecosystem. It, it, short term, it, it could actually have a, more of a bearish drag on the market after this initial pump. Um, and there, because there's going to be a lot of people, like you said, who have money caught up in there and were able to buy for the first time and probably have a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth as the uh, price dumped uh, by 50%. Um, from the initial uh, reveal hype. And so. Totally. I, 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 someone wrote about that and they said that when someone has a negative experience with the product, you know, on average, they tell like 12 people that they had a um, negative experience. Um, but yeah, I think the position that Yuga Labs is in is actually the real, the real challenge that NFTs in general has to solve which is that we have to break break beyond just the speculators into the the mass markets, right? Meaning, and, and that's the goal of Yuga Labs is to eventually launch this game and, you know, hopefully have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people playing it. Um, I may be wrong, but I think the only NFT project that has broken into the masses is Axie Infinity. Um, and really, it only broke into the masses of third world countries that were playing these to try to like earn an income. Uh, but other than that, there, you know, we haven't had that NFT project yet. That's really been able to break into the masses. I, I think a lot of people are betting on Yuga labs being able to pull it off, but that's the next, you know, real big challenge to solve. Cause I mean, when you look at a lot of these projects, right, you're like, they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars. And that price is supported by, a few thousand people um and really for us to reach match mass adoption you know we need uh we need lots of people in the ecosystem i'm i'm 
I'm uh, I'm more neutral, I'd say, on the markets than really, you know, like super, super bearish. But I definitely don't feel the same as I felt in March. Because uh, remember, in March, we had a real uh, big pullback with uh, tokens. And uh, we thought we were going to go into World War Three, yada, yada, yada. Um, but the, the, the there seemed, you know, to be a lot of upside in buying at those prices. Right now, I'm not seeing, I, I'm seeing more risk than reward um, in in deploying a lot of capital other than on some, you know, isolated uh, opportunities. And I'm just seeing lots of, uh, I'm not seeing floor prices really hold. I'm seeing lots of, uh, you know, pumps and retraces. Uh, I, I own a couple cyber brokers. They went from 2.5 to 4.4 all the way down to three. We saw this, this something token, which ended up pretty much just being a complete pump and dump going from 0.06 to 0.8. Now it's down to 0.15. Um, we really want to see more holding, I think, uh, as an indicator that, you know, the overall market is is bullish and willing to sit on NFTs. But Alexis Ohanian. <laughs> Wait, but, yeah, I, mean, I don't know that I agree that that's a pump and dump. No, no, he didn't mean it was a pump and dump in the sense that it was like a malicious, you know, let's pump this thing up and dump. I think he was just talking about the actual, like the reality of what happened in the market, which was a big time pump from 0.06 to 0.8 and now all the way back down. And we see that in, you know, markets that look like this one. You know, I agree with Kix. I think that there's very few projects that I'm looking to deploy capital into. We talked, we spoke earlier this week about uh, VFriends 2. That's something that I bought recently because I'm buying it at sub one ETH ahead of the Econ and just making a bet that, you know, between now and I don't know, the two weeks after VCon, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, the hype guy is able to, you know, generate some excitement or, or roll something out that corresponds to that project. It was, it was just on CNBC, you know, mind you, to provide perspective on the Elon Musk tweet. That's how A, interconnected he is into the overall markets and B how much of a thought leader he's considered I, in the NFT space. I think it's hilarious that a, that he's on CNBC that Gary V the guy telling you to post on Instagram a bunch of times is telling you uh, macroeconomic advice. Uh, but the second aspect of that, that I'm concerned about with the Gary V announcement, I mean, I guess we'll end up tweeting it. So it doesn't really matter if you're VCon or not. Um, but He's going to run into a similar issue that a lot of the uh, that a lot of these are is that like you're still catering to uh, the same base, and so uh, at some point there's some there's some exhaustion. We haven't gotten there yet though, so that's actually quite impressive uh, where we're at. We're still seeing uh, overall market expansion of collectors, unlike what uh, the Wall Street Journal is writing, but. It is interesting. Like you do have to wonder how far he can uh, actually push it, uh, and like what those announcements will look like. And my guess is a lot of that will have to do with V Friends too. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that he's focused on now. That's why I sold my book games. I think I have a couple more I have to check uh, that because those were actually still holding a pretty high floor and they're pretty liquid because there's over a hundred thousand of them. Um, so I have to check uh, how many of those I have left. But I had sold those and basically rolled that into V Friends Two under the assumption that V Friends Two would be his main focus. And again, we're weeks away from uh, VCon and the NFT market can be pretty short sighted. And you know we kind of saw this uh, with ApeCoin, for example, that pump 
hump just coming in big time right before the drop. Um, you know, even though there was a lot of speculation that the the uh, drop was going to be priced in ApeCoin. But yeah, I mean, look, Gary V going on CNBC to talk about the NFT market, I think is reflective of how tuned in he is to collectibles in general. Right. Because that's that's his world. There's very few people that are going to be more qualified that have like TV speaking experience to talk about collectibles in general, whether digital or traditional than a Gary V. So he's also seen cycles like this with baseball cards, basketball cards over literally decades. I think he's been uh, engaged in that world since he was a child and actually making money off of it since he was a child. Uh, obviously, the NFT space moves much faster and is a global economy, but all these things need to be kept in mind when you look at the market. And that's why I was excited to talk to Garib about the traditional collectibles market earlier as well. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, Amy from FTX is going to be joining us here today. If you retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top then you will, and you stick around for the show, then you'll be uh, entered into a giveaway with a chance to win a free NFT. Today's NFT is going to be the Littles. We'll also be giving away a Capsule House and a Creature World. Uh, so definitely stick around for that. I just let Wapi on stage. You know, Wapi, you bought yourself a Coda. You're holding Other Side Land. You're a full-time NFT trader. I'd love to hear your perspective on what you think is going on in the market right now and, and what you think about the projects that we've been talking about. Uh, I think what I got up here to say is the space must be dying with Gucci, Adidas, Nike, and all these other big brands running in. So, <laughs> um, you know, pack it up, just sell everything for floor and walk away because that's exactly what the whales want you to do. I think um, John Carlo, who you had on, gave like a very good take yesterday on the YouTube. And I even showed that, that video to a few people who aren't in the space. Um I do think that we will be impacted. And as Node says, like value is going to accrue to the top. And I think that that's still very much true. But I don't think like we're fully going to follow and track like an S&P 500 or like a two year treasury rate in terms of like how we're going to be impacted by what's going on in the outside economy. So I think people are going to like if you can't pay your credit card bill or you can't put food or house over your head, like obviously sell some NFTs and you're going to need to do it. But if most people have like a liquidity buffer, like you might not see as much pain here. And I think the good projects will keep having people's interests. Like I'm trying to shop a doodle around just to see what it like I could maybe get out of it because I have two and wouldn't mind just going down to one. And there's still demand for buyers at the the assets, even with them being over 20 ETH. So like I think it's just a lull and it's like, you know, I think what's going on in the real world is potentially good for crypto in a medium or longer term run and i think that'll eventually flow over to us because when crypto's bull like nfts have usually been bare and then when like that's moving sideways the crypto traders have fun moving over into like nfts is what i found like last year so i don't know we'll see where it goes but like i'm not buying a lot of crap projects um and i'm trying to follow the value accrues to top thesis yeah. And I mean, Kix was talking about how some of the folks that are traditionally crypto traders and the groups that he's in are starting to dip their toe in NFTs. And my friend, uh, you know, who's a regular guy, not in NFTs, also made a comment. You know, he has a background with, uh, you know, the traditional finance markets. And, uh, you know, he mentioned like the only way to make money as a trader right now seems to be NFTs. And he thinks that the price swings are just absolutely wild. Easy comes from trading stocks, trading traditional markets. What's going on, Easy? No, nothing. I was actually, me and Node were talking about it yesterday. Um, it's kind of the same thing. Like, there's still a lot of money that's not involved in the space. So, like, sure, we could have some bearish short-term kind of focus here in the uh, FOMC meeting today. 
if they raise rates, we'll see a pullback. But at the end of the day, like a lot of that stuff from a macro scale is, it has to happen at some point. So it's like pulling the bandaid off. Uh, but then at the same time, it's like this market is still so volatile. Like I've been talking about a few projects on Soul lately that are just seeing insane volume. We had a mint today called Communa Three that's now sitting at a forty Soul floor from a two Soul mint. So it's not like money's just vanishing. Like there's still profits and projects to make every day. It's just that at the same time, it's not mint anything and it goes straight up. Like it just seems like the space we've talked about it before is starting to mature in some capacity into what Wapi said too. A lot of this comes down to these massive brands getting into the space. And I don't think we're going to see less of that. I think it's only going to lead to more adoption and more people understanding what the market really is interested in, whether that's utilities, whether we start to see like SaaS as an NFT industry. It's just like, we're still speculating a lot. And I think it's fine because we're still, and I hate saying it, but like, we're still kind of early in it all. So I, I'm just kind of torn on kind of the market conditions now because we are seeing some of these blue chips pull back or is it just, those things people call blue chips that are fading are because people are realizing there is no actual value besides a nice profile picture and a bunch of people saying wag me, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to bring up, right? Is that I think that what you really have to look at is uh, profile picture projects specifically or any kind of art-based collections, right? Not like a run of 100 pieces by a well-known artist or one of ones by a well-known artist or rather, you know, something that's like a 10,000 piece collection, an 8,000 piece collection that is, you know, artist led or, you know, in the direction of just being like, quote unquote, good art. And when other projects like a Moonbirds, like, you know, you look at V Friends 2, and people start to look at the leadership of these projects, right? And you hear that phrase like bet on people. And that's why, for example, so many people are bullish on Tesla. It's because of Elon Musk. Obviously, there's other factors with Tesla. And even if Elon wasn't in the picture anymore with Tesla, at this point, it has legs. But really, there's a whole group of people that are bullish on Tesla basically uh, entirely because of Elon Musk. And you kind of, you, you know, you can start to really apply that principle to the NFT space. And then that's in line with what Node talks about. And I see that Node has his hand raised. What are your thoughts on this, Node? Yeah, well, first I'll tell you, uh, I, I was privileged to eat lunch with Easy Eats himself yesterday. And I got to say, uh, if any of you are trying to short-term trade against this guy, uh, good freaking luck. I, after listening to him, I decided I'm going to just keep my long-term swing trade focus and stay in my lane. Uh, because like the way this guy's minds, uh, the way that his mind operates is like, I mean, uh, I like, tw unstable. Is that the, is, is that the description you're looking for on un unstable? Unstable. Hey, Nick, guess who made 18 soul this morning? This guy in 11 minutes. What's up? Get wow. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's it, like in the time that it takes me to like, okay, go eat breakfast. Easy has made like 20 trades and eating breakfast at the same time. So, uh, but but we were we had we had a really good conversation. One one thing that I am that has been kind of uh, creeping in the back of my mind is is DC investor. Uh, his takes have become increasingly more skeptical against uh, a lot of the a lot of the PFP projects, right? And he's always been he's always been this way to an extent. Um, and he's very much been like a, you know, long term uh, art, art kind of based guy. Uh, but but he had a he had a, a, a Twitter thread today, um, this morning, that talks about, you know, you, you either do enough free airdrops to continually reward your community, uh, or you die as a failed Ponzi. And he's kind of he's kind of uh, outlining that, 
you know, the, the NFT utility game is that as of now. And we're entering this interesting point in time where, you know, you've got projects uh, and we talked about this before, but like Pixel Vault and Cool Cats, both really cool projects, what they did early on um, and still, I think, have a lot to offer. But they've reached the point now where where we can't just do something that's OK. Um, people are, are wondering what is, you know, what is the utility like? What's true utility? And uh, I think that's a question that we're all starting to ask ourselves, right, is what's true utility? And, you know, you guys there as well. So I am getting a little bit gun shy, like I might try and trim down some of my larger positions. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit up in the air. But does it make sense to trim here? You know, like while we're we're looking so bloody. Yeah, well, well I mean, say, you can always go down another 90 percent. Yes, that that is exactly right. So, you know, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, you know, it would be painful to sell one of my mutants. I mean, it's still worth, uh, you know, a Tesla. One so, very far. Oh, over $100,000 or something like that or $80,000 now. Right, right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have watched, you know, like uh, my my punk go from, you know, 24 to 140 and back down to 50. So, you know, it can happen, obviously, as we know, it can, and it can go much lower. So I yeah, I don't know. It is it's an interesting time in the market. I'm, I'm curious to see what what happens next. Although the, the one thing that does make me a little bit bullish is like trading NFTs is, is so much more fun than doing anything else. And in terms of liquid crypto, like fungible stuff, uh, stocks, in my opinion. So as I just feel like we're going to continually get more people that want to come and, and play this game. Oh, yeah. uh, so I think the market will continue to expand. I just don't know, you know, how many of these people are are going to want to throw around 10, 20, 30 ETH at stuff. Yeah, well, Depeche, uh, last year I said, I don't know if you all remember, it was uh, early last year, everybody was super into trading SPACs. Um, and I said, I was like, it's way, it's way more fun to trade profile picks than it is to trade a four-letter ticker symbol that you know we nothing about. We were literally about. saying that same exact thing yesterday. That It's just yeah. like, dude, trading pictures is just fucking fun. Like, at the end of the day, like, it sounds insane, but like, this, it's just degen activity that's enjoyable and hey maybe you maybe you get something that actually has some cool value to it and, and with trading specs one of my favorite things was that it was a hundred percent chance that I lost money so that was one yeah. of my favorite things. <laughs> and hundred percent like Solana it's a 70 percent chance it goes straight up and a hundred percent chance it probably rugs shortly thereafter and the only winner is the project owner, a.k.a. Shamath, who made billions off of all of the normies, but still acts like an ambassador of us at the same time. Um, uh, Depeche uh, talked about, um, you know, what is real utility for NFTs? Um, one of the I, I don't know if it's ironic, but one of the most interesting things is uh, the projects that have shown the most utility for NFTs. Uh, uh, from an NFT project have been the software tools. You know what I mean? Like NFT nerds has real utility, you know, uh, uh, Premint has real utility. Um, so it's interesting to see that like, you know, uh, a, a lot of the real utility um, ha has come from these, you know, projects pr providing like tools and stuff like that. Ben, Ben, I saw your uh, hand was raised. Did you, did you want to add something? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I wanted to comment a little bit on what, um, I forget, I forget who mentioned it, but uh, maybe easy with the DC investors posts. Um, I, I think he's really sharp and I do agree with him on a lot of that. But I think what, what some of the 
earliest people miss in NFTs, and, and I, I've been you know, in and out of this since 2017, is that when, when you focus on primarily you know, buying for the art, which is you know, kind of a moniker that people say here, like wag me, like they buy for the art, but we know most people don't. But w- what I think is important to understand is that the people who are buying one of ones and you know, spending a ton of money on the stuff, most of that liquidity gets locked up and they're not really looking to sell or trade. And, and for good reason, they're collecting. But at the end of the day, like not everybody has money like that to just buy something and lock it away and just never look at that liquidity again. So I would say that the, the liquidity and the volume of the PFP market itself is what has really helped to you know, add a lot of uh, adoption to the space because people are able, like myself, able to get into these projects and flip and leverage and get more liquidity to actually buy the art that I want to lock away. And so a lot of people getting started in this who maybe not have bankrolls to spend or just want to be more prudent with their money, it makes it a little bit more difficult to, you know, beat, beat the drum on buying one of them one of one art that you're going to lock away unless that's you know the entire intent of what you you know why you're here and so i i understand the sentiment of of some of the earliest adopters and not not liking really where the market has gone but i think having a balance of that to you know be able to have that liquidity but also then be able to buy art that you like with you know, leftover profits, I guess, is really important. So that there really has to be a mix and a balance of speculation, art, and utility and all these different things that people provide. And at the end of the day, it's all about what what you're looking for and what your specific goals are. And I want to collect ETH, I want to collect NFTs, and I want to collect art, but I'm not going to do only one of those things at any given time. Yeah, I think you, you bring up a really good point, uh, Benjamin, that the one thing that I've noticed, right, is is we want to feel like we're we're part of something, and and that brand affiliation, uh, to to us, right, and the market's showing it. That brand affiliation, like the Azuki or the Ape or whatever it is, like that we value that tremendously, um, and we like being part of that type of community. So there there is that component that often gets overlooked, and that that was you know having that mindset early on. Of okay, I basically one of my very first purchases was a punk, and I put a good chunk of my liquidity into it uh, because I was, you know, this 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 uh, quote unquote, you know, early believer or whatever. Uh, but that that's actually the reason why I missed apes, right? Because I was like this purist and thought I literally thought that apes were a derivative of punks, right? And and, and in a way, they sort of are, right? They they, uh, but turns They're out all the collections are. You know, oh, yeah, all PFP collections are are kind of inspired by our derivatives of uh, in terms of the 10K and, and all the all the traits. But obviously, apes went and did uh, built a community and built a brand and 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 punks at this stage. You know, I'm just hoping continue to be like fine art, you know, uh, a collectible. Um, so you, you bring up a great point, though, of of it is it is kind of the, the excitement in the community that that's that's kind of what's fueling the entire market. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that community part of it is a lot more difficult to to grow and sustain for, you know, one of one art or or artists who are making a piece that they'll put out. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I really want to support artists as much as possible, for sure. But, you know, in, in order to be able to spend, you know, thousands of dollars on a piece of art, you need to be able to have that money to lock away 
or you need to be able to make more in order to invest. But um, you, you bring up a good point about the community. And I, I asked, I actually asked, you know, uh, Twitter earlier, why do you think Bored Apes were successful? And one of the major reasons is community and how the community rallied around the project and how they showed support and how they used their creative ingenuity to be able to build, you know, uh, third party, not just projects, but like um, companies, you know, pe people made Bored Ape coffee and Bored Ape beer and all this stuff based on their IP. And that, that's just something that you can't traditionally do with, you know, a, a piece of art in the same way. So uh, I definitely agree with you, Elon Musk over there about the utility. And that's that's definitely, you know, uh, kind of the new meta that we're seeing, especially with like um, um, the, the something and the mirror pass and all these different, you know, alpha passes that are trying to drop in that stuff. So we just have to understand that there really are categories within NFTs and there's different types of demand that people are, are looking at. And, and I agree with you about, you know, the, the punks looking at the apes in a certain way. And I feel like that was, you know, in, inter NFT. But then you also have the people from crypto Twitter who kind of still see all NFTs like that. So I do think there is a lot more room for this mass adoption, but it's just not going to be with the the one of one we're here for the art type of um, investments. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this, but what I would equate being a successful one of one artist and, you know, obviously arena on stage is, you know, an artist in this area, I'd say what I'd equate to being successful in that field is the same thing as becoming a notable musician, you know, someone that's uh, like actually has a fan base and actually has a sustained career, you know, making money in the music industry, which is incredibly hard to do. I mean, I see Al Harrington in the crowd right now. He had a 10 year plus NBA career, um, you know, like an all star level career, like getting to that level in any field like that, like where you're basically an entertainer, like a musician or an actor or a professional athlete is just incredibly difficult. Um, it absolutely can be done. And, you know, someone like arena, for example, is, is doing a great job like on her journey, but it's like it, it's not something that every single person can do. It's incredibly difficult. And the collections that we're talking about, like on the collectible sides, they're more like startup companies. And I think that that's why they attract a lot of investment too, because of the potential upside. More people would be keen to invest in a startup, like the idea of investing in a startup versus just buying some, you know, wonderful piece of art. I feel like, yeah, obviously there's a market for art, but it doesn't, uh, communicate the same upside in most situations than if someone's pitching you a startup idea. And Arena, I, I see you have your hand raised. Was there something that you wanted to add to? Yeah, to I feel like from the last year, right now, one on one art in the space, we kind of circled back to almost traditional art market type of thing. That's the same vibe that I'm getting from one-on-one market right now and i think platforms like OpenSea, looks rare like every single platform that trades <clears throat> collection they should also spend some time on nurturing artists because like even with uh other side drop they had like for three days on OpenSea, or i don't know how many days they had other side and notable drops and taking this time away from like one-on-one -on -one artists who already struggling to make this one 0.1 ETH sale a month and it's extremely sad and I know we're like in a weird 
type of market right now. But I think if platforms, not only because as individual investor and like collector, you first need to secure yourself financially and then go find yourself artwork that you love and log forever. But uh, I feel like platforms should spend more time curating one-on-one artists and like nurturing them because at the end of the day, I see so many artists in the space that right now reach the point where you are spending 99% of your time trying to promote and trying to get this 0.1 in sale instead of creating versus I feel like if you have platforms that would help, we're just going to see more and more growth in the space too. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's just hard. You know, it's, it's hard, like be, saying that you want to become a professional musician or you want to be like a hip hop artist or something, it'll make your family like raise eyebrows at you because it's just hard. Nick, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Well, I was just going to comment on this, that it, it like became very clear last summer. A lot of us were speculating on art blocks and you saw a lot of things um, like people that were buying ringers and all these other different things. And right now, Fidenzas are down like 60%, although they're still wildly expensive. And it makes you wonder like, hey, am I willing to spend this much? Because uh, you also, ultimately, when you're buying a piece of art, I'm going to be honest, kind of want to frame it and hang it. Like that's kind of one of the best parts of having a, a piece of art. Right. You want to collect it. it. Not, yeah. You're not even looking to really trade it for the most it, part. Exactly. And I think that's where things got sort of like why we're now seeing this market and now and, and ending up here is that much of the drive of the collectible market is speculation and perceived future value. And that future value at this point does kind of operate. Look, we're not going to use the word security, but it does operate in a similar anticipated way from a dividend standpoint. So when you look at board apes and all these other things, I have to anticipate or expect that a large percentage, the difference in price essentially between a crypto punk, uh, which to be fair, if you look at the crypto punk floor, it's it's a pretty steep floor. And if you get one that like, you, uh, at least for, for myself, that I want to like personally rock, it, it's, it's going to be way more expensive than what the current floor price is at. But if you look at the gap in the floor prices between the two, I would actually argue that that's basically the premium that people are willing to pay uh, over the top piece of art or one of the top pieces of art uh, in the space. You, w- w- people will debate, no, 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 CryptoPunks are collectible. It's a collectible piece of art. Like that, that's essentially uh, how it operates at this point. And maybe uh, Yuga Labs decides to add value to it, but no one's bought it yet. Uh, and we've seen instead Mebits run up because they've said that. And so essentially all of the demand and all of the price action at this point is the anticipation of something future, uh, some future value that that person is going to get out of holding that thing. And or and you could argue existing value, but theoretically that that's already priced in um, and you're, you're not there's no alpha to be gained from that. So when we look at all of the prices of these things, it's really future deliverable and art itself doesn't really have future uh, utility outside of, yes, you could buy more of that that artist stuff. Sometimes those artists will offer personal uh, experiences for their collectors. Uh, which we've seen that was popular on Nifty Gateway. We're seeing some of that still continue. I saw Trevor Jones posting about that today uh, in a castle that he's hosting in, in Scotland with his collectors. And I think that there's um, 
like th- that's ultimately the problem with a lot of these different things is uh, we were trading on speculative things that didn't have future value, whereas now uh, where all of the activity has shifted uh, and where you see all of the action is on OpenSea among collectibles uh, where there's an anticipation of some future deliverable or value, which includes just future announcements of things, future partnerships, other things which uh, people expect to give uh, upward price trajectory. Um, but that's not going to happen with art. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, like, when you look at it from a, a short term perspective, you're 100 percent right, Nick. But if I look at it and say, hey, I've got to lock up money for five years, uh, I'm probably going to go pick up a punk, a Fidenza, a, a ringer and uh, and place my bets there. If you were to tell me, hey, you cannot touch this for five to ten years um, rather it, than an ape, rather than an ape. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of execution risk uh, as we as we are seeing uh, with with all PFP collections. Right. So they have to continue to deliver over time. Whereas the, you know, if you feel like you have good taste and you've made the right choices, uh, you know, obviously much easier said than done. But uh, having having that long term view, like the art doesn't have to do anything at all. Right. It just needs to continue to exist. And people need to, to think that you it's also legit. Need to find the buyer too. like art has historically been very illiquid. So it's like I, I do agree with your thesis there that from a five year standpoint, you don't actually have to add any value to it. It's just largely who wants to back that artist. But it also does come down to like having that liquidity present. Like we go bear market macro. It's tough to find any liquidity for one of one art, you know, or anybody who's an artist from that standpoint that's only focusing on art. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's harder to build a community said. around also and, and getting that network effect of not just people talking about it, but sharing it and telling other people to get it. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, make PFPs and, and board apes and stuff like so successful because you have people trying to bring others in and saying, hey, there's benefit to you buying this and you can be a part of the community and what we're doing. And I just don't feel the same with the art blocks and the generative collections. So, yeah, I mean, what uh, what Node said about CryptoPunks, I totally agree with. But what ben, what Ben just said about the generative art stuff, that's what I was about to chime in on, is that I'd go with a punk before the generative art stuff, you know, because the punks are at this point just totally proven. They're the first 10K profile pick collection. They are the legacy. And that's also probably why Board API Club slash Yuga Labs has not emphasized that they're going to be giving the punks utility. They probably view the punks as, you know, a historic piece of art. Nick, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, speaking of long-term investment there at DCs, we brought on uh, Amy Wu from FTX, who oh, yeah. uh, is, uh, we managed to get on stage. Also, apparently a board ape holder. So uh, nice, nice buy there. Uh, in terms of not just board ape holder, she's on. She's on the. Ape oh, that's true. App. Yeah, invested in. Yeah, part of the uh, ape, ape coin foundation, and I'm assuming potentially an investor in Yuga Labs. I don't know. Now I'm just speculating, but uh, uh, Amy can confirm for herself. How's it going, Amy? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, and sorry to be coming this late. Um, yeah, and it's like super awesome to be on the show and um, and definitely super enthusiastic member of the Board 8 community um, and um, also on the uh, the ApeCoin DAO and we are actually FTX Ventures is, a, is an investor in Yuga Labs as well. So cool. And so it, it says on your LinkedIn, Amy, that you are in charge of ventures, gaming and mergers and acquisitions. Does this mean that FTX is about to acquire Yuga Labs in its entirety? 
Hell no. <laughs> Sorry, just messing around. That's a little bit of an inside joke for our audience, Amy. Uh, but yeah, we're really excited an to have you. inside joke? <laughs> 2,000 people been... listening to an inside joke. <laughs> well, I said our audience, right? Um, like, that's where rumors, that's how rumors start. No, I think the community would definitely have some thoughts about that. But yeah, no, I um, joined FTX at the beginning of the year and um, and very fortunate to be leading FTX Ventures and, and yeah, M&A and, and our gaming business. Awesome. Well, you know, as a board ape holder and investor um, on the gaming side, you know, that's kind of been the talk of the town, uh, you know, since other side launched. And wait, do we do we lose Amy? Oh, no, she's there. No, she's on stage. OK, I, I was going to say, do you have any thoughts on, you know, the kind of um just the the goals that have been set at this point by Yuga Labs and other side on the gaming side, um, you know, of the project. Yeah, definitely. Well, I would say that, um, you know, I think they've they've talked about you know having pretty ambitious goals. Uh, first and foremost, you know, Yuga Yuga Labs is a collection of really a valuable IP, and what's really exciting is that they're basically building what is like a next gen um, um, entertainment business. Um, I would say like entertainment meets commerce, right? And so, so many different ways they can take the IP. Um, not unlike, you know, what a company like, like Disney um, does in terms of building a lot of really amazing consumer products with that. I mean, obviously, we're, we're early on the journey here and, and um, kind of all eyes on that team in terms of what they will build. But with other sides, you know, the team is very excited about gaming and how the um, both their IP and also third party um, NFT IP can be all sort of inter um, brought together in gaming experiences in what is sort of like a um, open world platform, right? And so, you know, they've, they've already launched, I think, one casual game and there's essentially like a roadmap of games to launch. And, uh, um, and I mean, games take like, I mean, some, some games take years to build, right? So I think there's like, um, it's, it's really going to be kind of like a, a long-term journey to see that and but they do have like a collection they do have a number of um of games uh in in pipeline for the next number of months oh whoa hold on is that some inside information that we have about uh yuga labs dropping games in the next couple of months shout, shout out to amy for dropping that alpha uh may have to go scoop some more of this land uh more relevant for for you amy so can you well, it sounds like you're in charge of three distinctly separate areas. Uh, it's funny because we had Brett on the show before, and he was like, yeah, I coded a large part of the NFT marketplace, and this is literally the president of FTX US who's like actively pushing code. So the first question is, do you code? The second question associated with that is, how do you find yourself uh, sort of splitting your time between those three areas? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do not code. I sometimes feel like I might be the only person at FTX who doesn't. But yeah, Brett is not only our um, US president, but he coded a lot of the NFT marketplace and also our stocks products. So man of many talents. <laughs> and, uh, and really, that kind of reflects um, just how FTX culture works, which is, you know, there's only um, actually 250 of us approximately. And we all wear multiple hats. Um, and it's super flat organization. So um, I spend my time, you know, where where there are interesting opportunities for, for FTX and then also ventures. So a um, bunch of my time, obviously, on ventures, a lot of different areas that we're excited about. I mean, I spend almost all my time in Web3. Um, and that's, you know, gaming, also NFT projects, but then also 
um, you know, kind of like next gen social decentralized social media and um, other uh, consumer internet apps. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us spend time on like infrastructure, working with blockchain ecosystems really closely. Um, and yeah, on the M&A side, you know, um, for FTX, like we're we're very global. There's a lot of areas that we're excited about, whether it is like, you know, looking into retail um, and like audiences or um, exchanges globally. But um, I think it's like opportunistic. We see what's out there and, and you know, get involved where, where there are opportunities. And and lastly, really quickly, like on the gaming side, I mean, we actually uh, we announced the acquisition of our first gaming studio. Um over, um, you know, at GDC. And, um, but for the most part, actually, the business is helping enable, like, large gaming companies um, add Web3, whether fungible, non-fungible tokens, um, and, and using our technology to do that. Um, so I love that on the gaming side. There's so many questions that I have associated with that. Um, but I'm also curious on the venture side, because this is really relevant for the long-term aspect of NFTs, which when we see, you know, the day-to-day -day market volatility of NFTs, a lot of people get concerned, they get nervous, they say, oh my God, the economy's dropping, whatever. And what I think would be interesting to hear from you and probably put, uh, provide sort of a voice of reason from this is kind of how do you how are you thinking about investing in the nft space in particular it sounds like you guys have invested in yuga Labs specifically but i'm also wondering like what other nft investments have you made how are you guys thinking about investing in it uh what's your time horizon and what is the uh sort of and, and where do you see things headed so what are the types of things that you're looking to invest in within this space and then also i'm just curious like how large is the fund that you're overseeing yeah, so how we work is, um, you know, Sam Bankman Freed has started a few different entities. And on the investment side, there's Alameda Research, which is a completely separate, you know, he's no longer CEO there, um, but he did start Alameda Research. And then, um, uh, and then FTX Ventures, the $2 billion fund, and it does function as somewhat of a family office for him. Um, you know, we don't have any external LPs, which means that uh, I don't have to really work, like, I don't have to manage a bunch of LPs like in traditional venture capital. It's pretty great, and uh, and and so on the on the investment side of things, actually, um, we do talk to the Alameda research team pretty often because they actually do all of the liquids, and I would put NFT trading um, and uh, in into that. Actually, like I think a lot of people don't realize, but Alameda is one of the largest NFT holders uh in the in the world and they are constantly assessing sort of viability of projects like you know and the, the, um in that in that area like we we do collaborate because on the venture side i only look at long-term horizon and so whenever we are investing in a project and usually in a lead or co-lead um you know position uh and that includes nft projects you know like for example with yuga labs it's an equity investment right and uh we are um, talking to the management team or the founders and are um, involved in really kind of like that long um, five to ten year time frame is what I'm looking at versus like potentially much shorter. And we're trying to that's why, like I mentioned, like the other side, um, you know, it takes it could take years to build games. And that's sort of um, the horizon that we are excited to work with Yuga on. And 
but we I do collaborate um on the NFT trading side with with Alameda because together you know we will opine like okay the the team is like really oriented on the long term and here's some stuff that they're thinking about here's where we're excited to add value and then Alameda sort of like takes that into consideration as they're thinking about like NFT collections to buy into. Uh, I absolutely love that. What what uh like. Are there any examples outside of Yuga that uh, you all have invested in within the NFT space? Well, we actually are a fairly large holder of um, of board apes and also punks. No, I, I, those are on the collectible side, but I'm talking about equity positions, like from from the venture uh, side of things. So, actually, um, for, um, right now, I would say that Yuga is our largest investment on the NFT um, project side. Um, you know, I'm pretty. I, I, you know, I know a lot of the DAOs um, that invest and also have talked to a number of the projects, but we're definitely like super interested in, in investing in more because I mean, in, in my perspective, I think we're, we're quite early. I think that this is sort of like the next um, will represent a next wave of, of brands. I think of it as like NFT brands um, being built right now. And, uh, and I think a lot of value will accrue just like a lot of value has accrued to, you know, like Chanel or LVMH, et cetera. And we'll see different sort of types of collections, whether it's super um, high end, um, very high floor price or something that's more like accessible and maybe have like a lot more participants. Um, but, and I think we'll see kind of like different, different styles of that um being created uh different cultures and you know i personally am super excited to invest in the space well we're looking forward to you uh uh you know to us finalizing a deal for you to lead our series <laughs> day so we're really excited about that looking beat me to, to the joke uh, <laughs> looking forward to that conversation um I'm ready but to check we, out we that tech. Yeah, we have an accessible price, Amy. You know, Series A could be us, you know. It's only a point to a floor. Uh, in, in all seriousness, um, I'll shoot you an email. No, but... Uh, but <laughs> we have a deck. I, I, I also saw that uh, Spencer had his hand raised. If, if um, yeah. I wanted to... Yeah, he has a question for Amy, yeah. Oh, Amy, I, so I, I, since you're involved with FTX, which I know is a huge backer of Solana, but, and you're also involved with ApeCoin, I just wanted to ask you about, um, you know, with the sort of buzz around ApeCoin potentially becoming an L1. Do you see ApeCoin and Solana as potentially a, a competitor's long run as L1s? Or maybe can you help us understand how they might occupy a different space in the long run? I was just curious your perspective on that. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, first of all, just, I mean, obviously the the land drop just um, sale just happened. And so I think lots of conversations around just like a, a little bit of a retro on like, what was the intent, which the intent was definitely that there wasn't kind of like that kind of mad experience that everyone had with the gas fees and, and just transaction timing, because actually people could have um, contributed, um, paid for gas like up to 12 hours before. But, you know, obviously there was like everyone sort of participated last minute. You know, the team actually had a lot of um, put a lot of thought into how to make it a smoother process. But I think I think people like. Didn't, this is like a bigger thing that people expected and also all coming in at the last minute. Um, and so uh, and so the next step is, you know, lots of retroactive thinking around like, OK, what could we have done better? Like, what should we do in the future? And of course, like the team had posted that, you know, they were considering whether to build their own chain. But in, in reality, like um, 
like none of the board members actually kind of you know can none of the board members or team members can actually single-handedly decide this like and um, i think yacht had already posted that most likely will happen is that we'll just collect proposals that um that different chains can submit and um and then have a have a debate about it i think that there's pros and cons obviously like what we don't want is for it to be kind of that we really should um, think about, you know, as a community, what is, whether it's like the best like chain partner or the best like technology and the best way for one, like, you know, the community to, to both like adopt the best strategy of, 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 uh, you know, how, how to do drops and like sales like this in the future, which, you know, which will happen. Um, and also how does the community capture the most value? There's, it's an interesting thing. It wasn't surprising to see a lot of conversations uh, of crypto Twitter in particular, uh, discussing, um, you know, the viability of having another blockchain. And I think that the uh, vision that a lot of people have is primarily the argument that there should be like, there c someone could own what inevitably becomes the NFT blockchain, even uh, Vitalik, which right now is, let's be clear, Ethereum. But Vitalik had posted a tweet months ago saying like, this is the type of thing that should exist on layer two. And so uh, there is, the, you know, a lot of people speculate that there's the potential of that happening. That said, who knows what happens with uh, ETH 2.0, which is what, you know, a lot of the ETH maxis sort of envision is that that will solve a lot of the things. Um, but after seeing uh, Vitalik tweet that kind of puts uh, through some cold water on uh, the concept that ETH would become the foundation of that. It's also hilarious to see a company, uh, you know, that was birthed on Ethereum. Uh, essentially uh, kind of say like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, gas wars. Oh my, like, I can't, we can't believe that something like this would happen. Um, that, that That's kind of funny. But regardless, you, you're, you're. Uh, I mean, I guess technically you'd be a spokesperson for ApeCoin given your position, but it's, but it's an independent, you know, it's a, it's a collective of people. I'm curious more on the FTX side of things. Moving forward, like, well, and, and it still comes back to splitting the world. It sounds like most of the time that you're spending today is on the venture side. So do you find yourself now spending most of that time focused on the gaming area in particular? And uh, if so, how are you sort of uh, envisioning the future of NFT gaming? Because we're so early today. What's the sort of um, vision of that future that you all are trying to invest in? Yeah, I would say, yeah, on ventures, um, like gaming is um, definitely a part of what I'm focused on, but I would say it's um, one of the, one of the areas. Oh, and sorry, did anyone hear me? I think I might have lost. Yeah, yeah we can hear you. And, and, and real quick, actually, let me interject before you answer. Uh, pin to the top. If you have not retweeted the tweet at the top, we're going to announce a giveaway momentarily uh, that FTX is uh, giving away an NFT that's worth. This one, I think, is worth. What PO like this, almost this is the low end. This is the the kind of entry level giveaway NFT. It's the littles. I believe it's worth about 0.23 ETH or something like that. But in the coming weeks, FTX uh, is giving away a creature world, which is closer to a half ETH, and then a capsule house, which is closer to like 0.75 ETH. So we're doing three giveaways. And thank you, FTX. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> what, what whatever. I mean, close to a thousand dollars or eight hundred dollars for free. So if you're interested in uh, you know getting free cash it's uh at the top so give it a retweet anyway sorry a amy didn't mean to interrupt you oh no worries it's awesome yeah um yeah i and and so i spend um the way that we spent um the partners at ftx venture spend time is like one um we have 
areas of focus and you know gaming is one of them but i would say it's more like consumer internet like meets crypto in general um but then also we each spend time with like specific like blockchain ecosystems that we're close with because at least right now there's there's a lot of chains um you know we think it'll be most likely kind of like a multi-chain world at least for the um near the short and medium term and you know we had invested in uh cross-chain platforms like layer zero to to really help um bridge that for projects and also for users as well and so you know i spent we were we were very we were obviously very close to like solana but we actually support other blockchains pretty closely as well um so i spent a lot of time also with near and arbitrum and um it's a couple of other and some of the other um ventures guys spends time with like some, some of the other ecosystems and we invest in them and and we support them as well um uh polygon as well and uh and so yeah on the gaming side specifically i mean um you know i spend time there both on the venture side but then also on the um uh on the strategic side with our gaming business and so work with both like very large gaming companies in the world and also um emerging studios as well so i've done probably like 10 investments in emerging studios since the beginning of the year and um and i mean there's there's hardly a large gaming company in the world that we aren't talking to since almost all of them are like very interested in this in um sort of like the web3 space uh you know obviously what puts kind of like a damper on this is um is that gamers are like a vocal minority of gamers i would say and also employees at the uh, gaming companies um, definitely have a, some pretty deep skepticism around use cases of NFTs and both fungible and non-fungible tokens, but mostly they just understand like this word NFT and um, they're worried about environmental issues and they're also worried about scams and rug pulls, etc. Which, I mean, like, tr um, truthfully, like, does exist. And uh, but on the employee side, people are like, well, look at the games out there, you know, um, there's not that much high fidelity games. Like, um, is it fun or are people just trying to make money? And, um, you know, gaming creators and gamers are, are like super... Um, purists, I would say, in terms of uh, development and and uh, creating these great experiences for consumers. And so um, we're sort of like in this part of the cycle where there's actually like hundreds of Web3 games in development in pipeline. I think some of the most like rich like ones, like rich games being developed, like you know, on the AAA side, um, are going to be like a couple of years um, from launch and uh, and like kind of led, I would say like the Korean gaming companies are furthest ahead as in, you know, we had worked with Comtus, which is like um, publicly traded Korean company and uh, we had helped launch the token C2X and they're launching like 10 games with that token before the end of the year, right? And I mean, I'm sure like not it's not always going to be successful, but they're putting themselves out there and just experimenting the space. And I think a lot of gaming companies are looking at this and will like learn. Um, I'm excited about like, for example, like that step in that after Axie Infinity, we have like a second Web3 gaming company that's like very much taken off from like a um from a both like a crypto native audience and also mainstream audience you know my friends that like aren't even doing anything crypto are like i've heard of this thing called step in and you know this is really interesting i download the app and that's awesome that's exactly why we're so excited about gaming but other parts of you know consumer internet meets crypto which is like bringing a lot more people like hundreds of millions of people potentially into the space and holding a token for the first time so that's um that's why we spend a lot of time in gaming and our excitement there but i think like again we're like super early there's still like 
there still needs to be like games out there that people just like love playing for itself versus you know nft speculation yeah i i absolutely love it uh pio you have the link to ftx right there you can just pin that to the top um and uh so people can sign up um in order to uh win the uh, giveaway which i'm about to draw do you have that tweet pio yeah, so we have the giveaway tweet pinned to the top. I'm going to pin our FTX tweet. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX on your web browser, or if you prefer the mobile app. Mobile app, super easy to use, super simple. Um, use the code the nifty, but I'm going to pin that to the top so you can sign and, up. And so um, the and what I was going to say is uh, we're about to draw. In order to win, you got to have FTX. I guess the exclusion if you're in uh, New York, I'm not sure what we'll do about that. Uh, shout out to everyone in New York, including myself. Um, but uh, I'll I'll go ahead and do the do the drawing. Um, and uh, you got to be in the room. So I'll try and let you up. If you don't show up for me, uh, just shoot me a DM to let me know that you're in the room. Revel Legend, R E V E L E G E N E N D. Um, is that you playing the music, Pia? That's a little drum roll. It's a drum roll for the winner. It was, you got to turn that up so we can really hear the, uh, there we go. There we go. And the winner, the person that I just said, Revel Legend, in case you didn't hear, you won. Are you in the room? We don't know. Twitter rugs everybody. Uh, DM us now. I, I figured out, well, I was able to get Amy up here by following her and then, um, uh, it showed up, so let me see what what happens if I. Yeah, you don't want to follow Revel Legend, though, right? Well, I just, just followed, kidding. and then and then if you don't show up right now, uh, I'm unfollowing you, guaranteed. <laughs> you know that's that's the situation there. Not showing up. Shoot me a DM. You got one sec. Revel Legend, where you at? Your friends are DMing you right now, telling you you won. Not there. Didn't get a DM. He's gone, He's and gone. I'm unfollowing that dude. Uh, re reloading next winner, Doc Walk D O C W A 1K. Because Doc apparently, Walk. Doc Walk was not available as a Twitter account, so needed to throw one in there. So, Doc Walk, uh, shoot me a DM, uh, it, or request to come on stage. Don't see him in here. Where you at, this Doc Walk? You gotta shoot me a message. You got five seconds. This is a classic. We got to come up with a better way of doing this shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Twitter, but uh, Doc Walk, where are you at? Yo, here's the deal. The next approach, if Doc Walk doesn't DM me, I'm going to pick someone random from the audience that raises their hand uh, in two seconds. Uh, nope, Doc they Walk is there. They can't raise their I, hand if they're not on stage, right? I got I got a DM. Uh and Rebel, Le Rebel Legend DM me afterwards. Sorry, uh, Rebel Legend. Come on, man. Time's sorry. time to say it all. Sorry, too, man. Too late. You came in after. Dude, my DMs are getting absolutely bombarded. Yeah, a uh, bunch of jackasses are trying to steal this prize, but yeah. Uh, so Doc Walk is the one that won. Sorry, Rebel Legend. You didn't DM me fast enough. Joke's on you. Uh, <laughs> Doc Walk says that they requested. No, I know, but you don't understand the... Um, Oh, not a man, FYI. My apologies. I didn't mean to cast gender on you. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, 
yeah, I can't, I can't get you up, Doc Walk. It doesn't show up for me as a request that, it, that it's an issue that we have with these uh, Twitter. DM me confirming that you have uh, FTX and you're good to go. I'll introduce you to everyone. Wow, Rebel Legend is really mad in DMing me now and telling me that I'm a piece of shit. I don't know what to do, Rebel. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we'll tr- we'll tr- I'll try and repair your trust. Um, part of the game on this show uh, is losing friends and losing fans. So if you're uh, – Rebel Legend said he has an FTX account. Doc Walk is nice. <laughs> We, we, you okay? whatever happens now at this point is we I'm going to have them battle it out in some way. I'm going to make someone unhappy. So that's inevitably what it is. Uh, Doc Walk is in the shower and my fingers are all wet. <laughs> I don't know how that's relevant to my question, but he's saying uh, that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get to the phone and DM you. So you're making him get out of the shower, dry himself off, you know, get the dry fingers on the iPhone. Screen. That's, commitment. Okay. And, that's commitment and, right there. And Rebel Legend continues to correct me on the gender. If I, I'm sorry if I accidentally called you a he. Um, she, he, they. I, I don't. I don't know. The, sh- uh, the sorry, shower it, comment is hilarious. That's yeah, I awesome. kind of find it funny. Like to think of people who are like watching this, like in the bathroom and like in the shower. It's pretty amazing, actually. Um, I, I hope you don't slip in the shower next time. Uh, that's all I have to say. Uh, no giveaway is worth hurting yourself. Um, but Nick, we'll we'll refer the winner over to Amy and Jack at FTX. And yeah, and I'll, fig- I'll figure out what to do about Rebel Legend, who is not a he. Just remember that. So. I will make sure to uh, send him, send her whatever a message, um, and uh, I will be in touch. Uh, so apologies for uh, you know I'll figure something out. And and Rebel Legend, just to clarify, is not in the shower, uh, <laughs> but Doc Walk is. Okay, oh wait, actually, Doc Walk Doc won. Walk said, "Give it to Rebel Legend." Wow, what wow. a person That's Doc a Walk right is. There. there we go. Wow. Uh, Doc Walk, that's the type of man, that's the type of audience that we love. So, thank you, uh, to Doc Walk. You deserve something from us as well. We'll figure out what that is. And, uh, Rebel Legend, you got you got the NFT. Congratulations, you, you we'll get Doc Street. Nifty Portal shampoo. Yeah, we'll do something, some shampoo, I will say some body wash. Com- one last comment on this is that there is a sound delay I've noticed from uh, the host to the uh, audience actually. Um, so that's, uh, that's an interesting uh, thing, but anyways, Amy, we really appreciate having you on the show. We need to have you back on in the future, uh, to discuss, uh, where you're at with your investing thesis, especially if this market crashes, we need the voices of long-term investors on this stage, uh, because that's really what this is all about. Uh, right now we're still in, uh, we're still in a market where there's a lot of, uh, rampant speculation, which is what makes this show fun. Uh, but it's people like you that actually make this industry, uh, succeed and, uh, for, to, we need more people who are here for the long run. So really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks so much guys for having me on. It's super fun. And, and yeah, we, we're around through the cycle. So Hell well, yeah. thanks, Amy. appreciate the alpha. Yeah. See thank you, you, Amy. Everyone. 
The show is sponsored every day by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or on your mobile phone with the code the Nifty. They have been fantastic partners so far. We can't wait until we continue to work with them. And Amy personally invests in our Series A. Uh, she said that on this show. No, um, <laughs> But uh, everyone, yeah, check out our NFT too. Um, you, you know what it is. It's the portal. This show happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're, we're not going anywhere, man. Bull or bear, we're going to be around, you know? So see you tomorrow. <laughs>